the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Twenty-one past five, Sports Day WA. As we're now joined by the former Fremantle Dockers president, in Steve Harris. Steve, thanks for joining us. Good to be here, Peter. Big announcement today regarding the West Coast Eagles, with it being confirmed that former Premiership player Don Pike, who has been a senior assistant at the Sydney Swans in recent times, is coming back home to be the new CEO of the West Coast Eagles Football Club, taking over from a guy that you would know very well. After all, he's been one of the pillars of WA football for so long in Trevor Nisbet. Your thoughts on the appointment? Well, first, just sign off on Trevor Nisbet because he's certainly had a rough time, particularly in the WA media in the last 12 to 18 months. But if you look at his entire career at West Coast, you'd have to say that the guy's possibly one of the most successful sports administrators in the country. And it certainly pains me as a Freo man to give kudos and credit to an individual from West Coast. But I'd I'd have to say he would undoubtedly be one of the most successful in the country. So good good on him for what he's achieved over a long career. Um, Looking at Don Pike, certainly he's got really, really strong football credentials. And that makes a statement about where the board's thinking. The footy club's a really complex business. West Coast, $70, $80 million worth of revenue lots of moving parts, and in balancing the choice of CEO, they could choose someone with a really significant business experience or really significant football, and they've gone with someone who the weight of their experience is football, which shows you, I think, what the board's thinking about the importance of of what's important at the footy club, what's of highest importance. So to the membership base, to the stakeholders, when you put someone in like Don Pike, as we know, Fremantle have got a former Western Bulldogs uh, player in Simon Garlic heading their uh, organisation. Does it instil a bit of warmth, a bit of confidence in that very important base, uh, knowing that you've brought a, a former champion back? And as we know, a lot of the members and supporters don't really care too much about the business acumen. They just want to make sure that they're comfortable on who's basically leading the ship. Well, no one cares about the business acumen until it becomes a problem. Um, and so it is It is still important. Um, I don't think West Coast would have been too concerned with about keeping the members happy and the optics of it. I think they'd be more concerned with what's right for the club as a board in making that decision. And so I think they've no doubt gone through a process and think that it's best, best for the club. And he's certainly got a wealth of experience and you would expect a CEO to be reasonably hands-on with the football direction and supervising the decisions that are made around football in that club. You were seven years at the head of the Fremantle Football Club. Just reflecting on your time then, uh, how do you see it now a few years on? Uh, look, it was it was an absolutely fantastic time in my life. It was busy. Um, when I took it on, they said it would be six to 12 hours a week. And it was um, sometimes it was six to 12 hours a day. But it was um, possibly the most fun that you could have in your life. And I met so many great people and learned so much about elite performance and got to participate in something that puts into the culture of Australia and the culture of the community in Western Australia. So it was a great privilege, Peter. When you look at your professional responsibilities with the brand agency, which you've built to be a a significant advertising agency, not only in Western Australia, but in the Eastern States and of course in New Zealand as well. And you look at Dale Alcock, who's just finishing his term now as the president of the Fremantle Football Club. What compels people like you and Dale 
considering your professional situation, to basically dive into a position like this? I can't speak for Dale, but for me, I'd been committed to the club for a long period of time. I probably had an engagement with the club for at least 10 years prior, had been doing work for the club on a pro bono basis, had become quite close to the organisation, and I was committed to the philosophy of the club, committed to the people of the club, and committed to the success of the club. So um, when the opportunity came along, I didn't want to sit around talking at dinner and talking at the weekend about what I thought the club could do. I wanted to take the opportunity to contribute to the club. And so that, that's what I think drives people. And initially in discussions with Dale, that's what drove him too. He, he wanted to make a contribution at what, to, to the organisation and success. Your time just seems like yesterday when you moved on as president of Fremantle. It was 2016 and in 2017 Fremantle moved to the state-of-the-art Coburn facility. Are you comfortable that was the right move for Freo? Probably not only was it the right move, but it was the only move that the club under Rick Hart before me had been looking for a long period of time at how to upgrade and change the facilities at Fremantle. And at one point, Fremantle had market-leading facilities in the AFL. And then by the time we were there at the end, I think it was the, they were either the oldest or the smallest or the, or the least adequate of any club in the AFL. So we'd been looking for a really long time about how to make a a better facility for the players and admin. And if you look at the size of these clubs now with the AFLW teams and other operations, they really need a large footprint and they really need an advanced building with a lot of facilities. That just wasn't available to us in Fremantle. And there was a great opportunity at Coburn. We looked all over Perth and ran expressions of interest and spoke to a whole range of different organisations and and opportunities where, where we could move. And the Coburn opportunity was the far the best financially. It was also really good for our members and our um, and our players and our bin staff as well. Even though there may be stu- a few sort of core members suggesting Frio should have stayed in Frio, when you look at what's being developed now at East Fremantle Oval, was that on the radar when Coburn was being considered? Because the Fremantle Dockers could have built something pretty handy at East Fremantle Oval considering the redevelopment now. Look, certainly at East East Fremantle, I don't think that was on the radar at the time. And we had extensive discussions with the City of Fremantle. Um, It it wasn't an easy option at the City of Fremantle on that ground. There wasn't a huge footprint there to do what we needed to do. And be fair to say the City didn't exactly make it an easy easy transaction. What we did at um, City of Coburn, and the numbers might have changed slightly since I left the club in 2016, but we turned a commitment from the club that was less than $20 million into a facility that was valued at about $112 million. We had the WA government kick in the land and $10 million. We had the federal government kick in $10 million. And we built a facility that there was no way that the Fremantle Dockers could ever afford in 20 or 30 years. We got the benefit of that facility. And there's so many aspects of the facility that are good for the community and good for the Dockers that are shared. So, for example, in the old club, we had a small swimming pool in the basement of the club and it used to cost us around $110,000 a year to, to, to heat that pool and run that pool operation. And the players would swim in isolation. If you go down on a Monday morning to Coburn um, Aquatic Centre now, on a Monday morning after a game, you'll be swimming in lane two. You'll have the Fremantle Dockers swimming in lane one and doing their rehab right next to you. You can go down and the indoor training courts for the Fremantle Dockers aren't sequestered away from the public. The indoor training courts are being used probably today for basketballers and volleyballers. And then in the afternoons, they might be being used by the AFLW team. 
So you've got a $112 million facility that's being used by the community and, and benefits everyone. So it just was just such a great opportunity. And at the time, there was no way that was available anywhere in Fremantle or indeed anywhere else in Western Australia. There's no doubt you were certainly uh, in a period as president of transition and we've seen now the end result where Fremantle now very much respected in the AFL for their facilities and the way they tackle the football business. Uh, Personally, when you walked out of that president's door at the end of 2016, did you feel by 2023 that Freo may have had a bit of silverware? Peter, I feel every March, I feel like Freya <laughs> might get a little bit of silverware. Um, I'm, I'm the, uh, the ultimate optimist. And having been there, you know, having been to Melbourne in September in 2013 and felt it, it's, it's bloody hard to get there. It's really, really hard to get there. Um, and, it doesn't, and it doesn't come easy. And if you want to get there, you've got to get there with your best people on the ground and you've got to get there with real commitment. We've seen teams... Um, in the past few years, certainly not last year when the game was very quick or this year when the game was very close. But you see teams that aren't ready get there and then they get slaughtered on the ground in that last day, last Saturday in September. And I think it's really important that the team's, team's on a roll and it's got potential to stay at its top for a while if it's going to get to September and deliver. So um, I'm, I'm optimistic every single year. And I certainly feel the club's got strong prospects where it's at at the moment. And that's my final question. As a former president, a distinguished former president, are you comfortable where your football club is at the moment? Um, I'm comfortable. I think it's got good leadership. Um, New president starting December 1 in Chris Sutherland. He's been involved with the club for probably 20, 25 years. Um, Everything off field um, ticks the box. The club's in good financial position. It's got good administrators. Um, and um, I think we just need to let it get on and get the players and the coaches get set and go forward. So Steve Harris these days is puts on the Docker scarf and goes there as very much a supporter. I go there as a supporter. I catch the bus to the games, and I take my own sandwiches and my own water bottle, <laughs> and it's a wonderful thing. Good on you, Steve. Thanks for joining us here on Sports Day WA. Much appreciated. Great. Thanks, Pete.